0: Hello, I'm Party Parslow. Welcome to episode 24 of Party in China and the continuing chaos of my first Christmas in China. Christmas morning dawned cold, grey and miserable. At least I assumed that it dawned. I slept in and missed most of my first lesson. My longest day at school started at 750 and lasted until 6 in the evening. The early start was exacerbated by China deciding that the whole country must run on Beijing time. Despite being so large, it should have a few time zones. So 8am on the clock in Sichuan is actually 6am as far as the weather is concerned. And in December, that's bloody cold. Luckily, my first class on Christmas Day was with the senior internationals. Half a dozen had welcomed the opportunity to catch up on their own sleep, heads down on desks. And the awake half dozen promised not to tell anybody I'd been late as long as I left them alone for the rest of the period and didn't try to teach anything. I agreed, but immediately broke my word by explaining the meaning of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, which had the unexpected bonus of having my back scratched by Sylvia and Zoe. They'd either misunderstood what I said or just wanted to help my obvious hangover. Jared, one of my best students, interrupted the back rub to give me a Christmas card which said, wishing you all the happiness of the holiday season on the front. Inside he'd written, I'll bring you good wishes of happiness this Christmas and on the coming year, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. I thanked him through the throbbing pain in my head and pleasant sensations from my spine. Throughout the day I received about a dozen cards from students, but most of them were just left on the teacher's desk before I got there, so I don't know who they were from. For instance, I never found out who gave me the small blue card with a polar bear jauntily wearing a tie. Ah, Mr. Party, Merry Christmas, Happy Every Day by your student. Most of the cards had no Christmas content whatsoever saying things like best wishes or sunshine, smile and trust. One said, I love music. Another had pictures of shopping bags with a handwritten Joyeux Noël, which is a nice cosmopolitan touch. I just hope she knew that it wasn't English. One was a postcard with an oak leaf on the front and tiny handwriting on the back. Mr. Party, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, silence. Either silence is a name or I was being told to shut up. What I liked most about that card was the delicate calligraphy around the leaf on the front. It said, use this space for your postcard text. In the, it's the thought that counts category was a pink post-it note with some Chinese characters and a pen drawing of what I first thought were a couple of giant sperm. But now I reckon they're probably Two balloons on strings. Two cards refer to the Mayan apocalypse, which had been predicted a few days before and had been the subject of my lessons that week, but even so, unsurprisingly, had it happened. Mr Party, we are lucky because the world didn't have an end. Happy days are coming. Amy. And today is Christmas Day. I wish you Merry Christmas. That's Merry, M-A-R-Y. M-A-R-Y. The world didn't be end on December 21th. Don't you think we are lucky? Not only are we still living on the earth, but we are also having a wonderful Christmas day. We should all feel happy all the time. My sister Chen is in Australia now. She can't be back this New Year Day, Bracket. like Chinese Christmas Day, close bracket. I'm missing her. I wish my sister will have a wonderful Christmas day too. Let's laugh and have a party today. Yours, student, and then crossed out student, friend, Emily. My favourite Christmas card came from a senior named Renata who was so beautiful and flirty. Either Trevor or I, I don't remember, had nicknamed her Jailbait. Renata was intelligent, outrageously confident, forthright funny and fun, but was always trying to arrange outings to the cinema or sightseeing or some other occasion which sounded uncomfortably like a date. She also often took your arm when walking between classes or slipped in for a quick hug, which you had to be quick to avoid. I'd estimated her age as at least 17, but she later invited me to her 16th birthday party, so what did I know? Renata gave me a postcard with Santa Claus and Merry Christmas on the front and had decorated the back with colourful little Christmas trees, candy canes and snowmen, between which she'd written, "'Dear Party, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. "'I'm so glad you are my teacher. "'I think you are the good man. "'You must feel very disappointing when you teach us. "'I'm sorry about that. "'I hope we could become good friends.' instead of teacher and student. Be careful your body, don't catch the cold. Smiley face, yours, Renata. She talked about me being disappointed because, despite being seniors, most of her classmates were discourteous dolts. And I spent too much time in each lesson making them shut up so the others could pay attention. And she mentioned my body and the cold because... When she tried to give me a Christmas cuddle, I dodged and shaken hands with her instead. She'd complained that my fingers were freezing and slipped my hands up under her jumper to warm them up. It was a Lolita moment, which may possibly have lasted an instant too long before I disconnected. Entering my second class that Christmas morning, I found that due to sleeping in, rushing to shower and dress and plod to school through the mist and sleet. I hadn't grabbed the DVD compilation of Bond movies as I thought. Instead, I'd brought series one of The Walking Dead. But I wasn't going back out into the cold and wet, so I put the first episode into the player and then went and stood in the front corner so I could watch their innocent faces crumple with fear. But I wanted to ease them into it, so I'd skip the opening scene when uh, Rick blows away the little zombie girl with a teddy bear. So at first, they were happy enough. The car chase and the gunfight were very exciting and well within their normal viewing experience. But when Rick wakes up alone in the ruined and empty hospital, they started to get worried. I stopped the show when he finds the chained up storeroom with something moving behind the doors and made them all read out loud the hand-painted warning. Don't dead, open inside, they chanted. I explained that you read the two words on the left-hand door first and then the right. Don't open, dead inside. But they still seemed confused and nervous. Susserations and mutterings skittered through the classroom. Some started covering their faces with their hands and peeking through their fingers. Others raised the lid of their desk and hid behind it, so they couldn't see whatever happened next. And when Rick finds that bicycle in the park, and half of a zombie tries to get him, there were screams and sobs. That made me happy. But I reconsidered as I ate my Christmas canteen lunch, a dispiriting mess of anonymous edibles although the red chilies contributed a slightly festive hue, and decided that I'd better revert to Bond movies that afternoon. However, my next class had organised a protest, chanting, ''No, James Bond! No, James Bond!'' when I entered. Roger Moore had left them bored James Bored. Hurt, I told them to do their own work quietly and went to the window, looked out at the sullied snow and wished I hadn't left The Walking Dead at home after all. A student I'd never heard say a single word in English before came up and startled me by explaining that there was an English-speaking competition in the school auditorium that evening, which was news to me, and that he was looking for help with his speech. Stunned both by his excellent English and the unexpected opportunity to really teach somebody something, It took a few seconds for me to agree and ask him to read it to me. It started with a personal anecdote about his grandmother and how he shared her fervent belief in the God. Surprising, really, as that sort of stuff is pretty much frowned on over there. However, he soon switched back onto the approved party line, explaining that since he'd grown up, he'd realised that religion was all nonsense and there is no the God. He kept saying the God, as Mandarin has no definite article, so they tend to either leave it out altogether or shove it in wherever it'll fit. His speech meandered towards its subject, my dream, which was to change the world for the better. He claimed that he'd already achieved that just by being in it, and then contradicted himself. If I wasn't here, the moon would still go around the earth, if I wasn't here, the earth would still go around the sun. If I wasn't here, cats would still chase mice. As a matter of style, I advised him that since he delected upon two astronomical examples, he should also employ two zoological examples. I didn't say it in those words. And that the natural follow-up to cats chase mice would be dogs do something. He asked me, Oh, what do dogs do? And as the school bell sounded my sweet release, I replied, eat their own crap, and popped home to get the walking dead and scare my other classes witless that afternoon. At lunch the next day, as I tried to decipher the foodstuffs, I was approached by one of my junior students. Stephen was a leader of the classroom, like a class captain. He's pompous, short and fat. He looked like a mini-member of the Politburo and was a rigid disciplinarian who shouted his classmates into submission and was quick to use his fists and feet to ensure his will was done. Stephen marched straight into the teacher's canteen, which was unheard-of behaviour. Students would often call to me from the doorway or wave through the floor-to-ceiling windows until I acknowledged them but to barge in without permission? Unforgivable. He compounded that transgression by loudly scolding me for showing his class such a scary video the day before and complained that he hadn't been able to sleep all night. When I couldn't help laughing at him, he self-righteously stomped off. Picturing that little dictator tossing and turning with zombie nightmares sent me into mild hysterics. The other teachers stared at me as if I was mad. Now I think they were right. But it made me very happy. I'd calmed down by the time Trevor joined me for lunch, complaining about how boring the school's speech competition had been the night before. I inquired how he could have been so careless as to attend, and he drew my attention to my bad attitude and asserted that I was an even worse influence on my students. His proof was that the night before, Each competitor was required to not only deliver a speech, but also provide some sort of performance. Most sang something off-key in English, but one of my seniors had presented a PowerPoint display about James Bond, the movies, the actors and the gadgets, and that made me very happy. I then asked Trevor if any of the competitors had actually done a good job. He said no, but then brightened up. Although there was one kid who talked about dogs eating their own crap, That made me very, very happy indeed. On our next episode of Party in China, if you thought I got a bit out of control over Christmas, wait till you hear about my birthday, because I'm Party Parslow. This is Party in China. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Party in China. For more, like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast at Audio Boom, Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.